This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Allow me to explain something to you, Jonathan Martin, my co-host of UnqualifiedGamers.com. As this is our 89th podcast episode, you're wearing a Minnesota Vikings hat for... Oh, no, hang on, I, I can. For you, our YouTube audience is useless, almost as useless as, uh, dare I say, and I do, the Minnesota Vikings. Counterpoint. Listen, it's it's been a bad year so far. It's it's going to continue to be a very bad year. <laughs> Hey, uh, on a scale of one, and it and it makes me it makes me sad. Or I'm a little I'm a little sad about it. Yes, do you actually care? Does sad. anyone literally actually care other than? No, I I legitimately do. I love the Vikings and I love football, and it's it has been a uh, a sad year. It's been very sad. Do you know what I don't care about? I'll give you a hint. It's foosball. It's football, and it's also the Vikings. That's double double myopic mm-hmm. mitopia mitosis. Mitochondria. Do you know what is entertaining? <laughs> it's certainly not you. Do you know what is entertaining? It's episode 89 of Unqualified Gamers, a video game podcast in which I, Cody Goff, talk about video games. I don't normally talk about them. What do you talk about? About what do you talk? Uh, Revise that sentence or question as it were to not end it in a preposition, but continue. What? Do you know what you're going to be for Halloween yet? You know what? I have to work, so I'm probably going to be a pharmacist. Oh, you know, it's it's a real bummer. It's It's a bummer for me because it, like, we've already got a costume picked out for Max. So it's my, it was like, you know, it's the first Halloween and I love Halloween and it's going to be Max's first Halloween and he's going to come in and visit me in his costume, but I don't get to spend the evening with him in his costume, but it's okay. You know, years down the road, we'll go trick-or-treating together. It'll be great. It'll be adorable. When I was in second ish grade, I dressed as probably Jean-Luc Picard because of my lack of hair, obviously. And, um... My dad dressed as a Klingon, so perhaps one day you will be a Klingon and your child will be a Starfleet. A Starfleet? So before we a talk fleet about... fleet of stars. Before we talk about video games, if you're a newcomer to this podcast, which I don't know how you could be because we don't advertise, thus you're probably a legacy listener. But if you're new, mm-hmm. John and I like to talk about our lives and pretend that we're human beings outside of the eight to 16-bit realm, because I guess other realms don't exist anymore. I'm just going to uh, drop tokens in my hand. These are tokens from Emporium Arcade Bar, by the way, that I'm dropping in my hand dramatically, uh, like I'm Two-Face or something. I'm going to do this while you tell me about your uh, undoubtedly mundane and atrocious weekend. Two-Face literally has one coin, and he flips it. So, he, does not, he, does not, he does not drop coins in his hand. In fact, nobody does that. No, like, that's not a thing people do. But they do. would if they had multiple coins. 
What you're not seeming to understand is that if Two-Face were Six-Face, then he would have three coins, as I do now, two for each face. For six divided by three is two. And that is my logic for the day. I will be honest, the idea of Six-Face is actually kind of kind of awesome. Uh but nothing else that you're saying is making any sense. It doesn't matter. Tell me uh, about your weekend, Jonathan. You know the the weekend was was full of work, uh, and that was it. I that was kind of that was kind of so. Listener, if you're new to this podcast, John doesn't do things on weekends. I so I do accept, and and I will uh, I will talk about my upcoming weekend because it's because because that'll be a, a bunch of fun. It's not what but, I asked about. I had to work two weekends in a row in preparation for the f- the the coming two weekends. So this this first weekend, which you'll hear about on next week's podcast, so we'll go and tease that now. Uh, I am going to be in a wedding in Chicago, actually. So the whole family is caravanning down to the Chicago area. Um, I don't think it's in Chicago. It's in not in Chicago. It's in Downers Grove, basically, Oakdale area, that mall. Um, so the whole family is caravanning down. Max is getting dropped off at Grandma and Grandpa's in Rockford, and then we are going into Oakbrook, 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 to uh, to go be in wed- a wedding. We're both in the wedding. I never. So that's gonna that's gonna be my weekend this weekend, and then next weekend Casey is in another wedding in Washington D.C., and I am hosting a daddy daycare the entire weekend by myself, and I am terrified. Why are you terrified? Because I have not taken care of the boy by myself for that long before. Interesting. Did I tell you I saw your grandma last time I was in Rockford? I mean, Rockford's like three square miles, so that's not surprising. Yeah. I started a brunch place, and I I was like, I'm 99% sure that's John Martin's grandma, because I have known you since we were eight. I thought you just said sorry to brunch place. What? Which... I thought that you just said so. You just said so. We were at a brunch place. To me, it sounded like sorry about your brunch place. It doesn't matter. Anyways, we exited and I walked past her table and made eye contact. And she was like, hey, she totally recognized me. And I was like, that's cool. And I recognized her and we chatted a little bit and it was wonderful. You were the tall dude. She's very pleasant. Everybody recognizes you. You're the tall dude. I guess. And uh, so that happened. But uh, I was going to say, if you were coming to Chicago proper and you were not planning on telling me, I would be furious. But the suburbs are a different story. I would tell you if I had any spare time in which I was coming to Chicago. No, even if you didn't have spare time. Actually, that's that's true. But I just told you now, so... No, that's that's fair. But what I'm saying is if you were anywhere in the city proper for literally any reason, I would like... I would come get you so you could you could actually still come and visit us in the oakbrook area mm. at some point how i don't know i don't know how stuff works in chicago i'm not from there i don't have a car or a burning desire to see your stupid face in person ever so there's that i mean i thought public transportation was like the thing there i mean i can metra out there i am so glad we're talking about the logistics of me visiting you in the suburbs on this episode of unqualified gamers a video game podcast 
You are so hard to deal with. Did, you, did you see do? how I brought that back What did you around? do? What did you do this weekend? I don't remember. When do I ever remember? Literally. I mean, hang on. High school party, dates. Um, That's generally my life, right? What? Like uh, hanging out with haunted. 19-year-old. I'm literally opening the calendar on my phone right now to remember because I don't remember what I did any weekend ever. I went haunted to, hayride. Apparently, I went to Dairy Queen Saturday. Don't remember why. Was that in your phone? Like, what, was that scheduled? Was that in your calendar? When I all right, here's have here's, a blizzard. Here's how I operate. All right, mm, all right, Saturday. All right, Foursquare split into two apps, and one is called Swarm. Swarm is the check-in app. All right, so I have a service set up called If This Then That. It's ifttt.com. When I check into Swarm, if I check into Swarm, then it posts an event on my Google Calendar. So in order for me to remember where I've been, I check in everywhere I can, and then that saves it to my Google Calendar so that when I do this stupid podcast, I can come back. I see you rocking back and forth like you're in pain. Well, I'm sorry. I'm so good at social media that you can't process it. Why don't you groan some more? Are you done? You sound like a monster. I actually oh, just, it is it is shocktober. I actually just kissed not that. I actually just came from a dinner party uh, where I helped assemble and uh, make a bruschetta, which is the Italian for bruschetta. And over the weekend, I did not do many exciting things, but I did I did I went to a house party and actually I was talking about match.com a bit at this house party. Did they ask you to bring the alcohol is that why? A couple overheard me because they couldn't because they couldn't buy it. A couple overheard me. No, this was like mid twenties people. Couple hmm. overheard me, and this this girl was like, "Oh my gosh, my fiance and I we met at Match dot com," and they started talking about how they met at Match dot com. So, success story remix at the party. Jason Derulo. It wasn't a remix, so that happened. That's where you. That's where you come in and sing. Your name is Jason. Derulo. So also, okay, this is also relevant to you. So, uh, Octo- so you're a big horror movie fan, right? Yeah, I love horror movies. Love I finally got to watch my first one as You well. did. So, okay, so this is something we, you should have talked about instead of, oh, works, oh, wedding. Like, that was literally what you said. You sounded like a Neanderthal. What? I didn't do it over the weekend. What movie did you, it doesn't, do I care? I just talked about a dinner party earlier today. Today's Wednesday. I watched uh, Hellraiser for the first time. How was that? Not good. Really? You know, yeah, it was one of those movies where, like, the, the, the practical effects held up, and I love practical effects. I love them. I think they're wonderful. What do you mean and practical I... effects? Like uh, animatronics? Non, Non-computer generated so effects. So animatronics. Sure. Makeup and animatronics. Have... They could. It could also be claymation as well. It could be stop motion, that kind of stuff as well. Just and basically the effects in horror movies that are not computer generated, sure. which you know most of them are now. So I love practical effects, and they held up totally well and practical effects tend to do that um like computer generated effects do not if you look at old old cg it looks real bad now right but the practical effects can can hold up and this one super well done but the story and just that it was was badly campy in just it just like a in a bad way um yeah it was not good but it was a fun movie to watch so i'm glad i did and I've always kind of been interested in Hellraiser, uh, but it was never like 
one of those series that I was dying to to go through and watch. And I don't know if I want to watch much more of it. Sure. You know, there's like eight, there's like, not eight, there's like five or six movies in the franchise, something like that. So I was actually, I was, I was with a girl, ooh, and she wanted to watch a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And we were looking through Netflix. Now, I do not subscribe to Netflix. She does. And there were several movies we could not get access to. We looked up What Lies Beneath, which she said is very good. That wasn't on there. I There were a couple I really wanted to watch, and we looked them up, and, and they weren't there. I had actually heard that the movie with Megan Fox was not horrible. Uh, the I don't remember what it's called at all. Jennifer's Body. Have you seen that? Is that the one where she's like a demon or something? Yeah. Nope. Okay. It sure looked bad. Oh, so I read a review on io9, the science fiction blog, and they said that it was really marketed very, very poorly because Mm -hmm. horror movies are very popular with females. And this essentially just made it kind of like a sexed up Megan Fox movie, which is not what it was. But by doing that, they alienated like half of their target audience, really, for horror movies. Um, but anyway, I read this years ago. So anyway, I've been interested. I've been curious about seeing Jennifer's Body. That wasn't on Netflix. We couldn't find anything on Netflix. So we ended up watching... It had, it had nothing to do with Megan Fox. Nothing. What didn't? You wanted to see Jennifer's Body. No, I heard it was good. That's why I wanted to mm-hmm. see it. Okay. I don't know much about horror movies. That's the thing. Like, I don't know what's good. I don't know what's, like, scary. I don't know what's, like, a lot... You know, like, I, I don't know what a good... I, who the hell cares what people, like... What's good is what you like. But I don't like, know what I like because I don't like horror movies, really. So Jennifer's Body is the only horror movie I've read an article about ever. <laughs> so that, yes, that is why I wanted to watch Jennifer's Body. That's the extent Body. of your, I understand, that's the extent of your horror movie. This is literally right. all of my base. All right, so whatever. So anyway, we, we came across Carrie. So we watched Carrie. Mm-hmm. The uh, original, not the re- not The, the, remake, the, the right? original. The original. Uh, terrible okay. movie. That's, Im- that's important. It, it's a, you're wrong. You're you're very wrong about that. It what, is it is not a terrible. Movie. Name one thing that is good about that movie. The the mother is pretty terrifying. She is terrifying in the last scene. That is not a terrifying movie, or that's or, that's that's not a bad movie at all. It's a it's a great movie. Let me put it this way: it's not a good horror movie. It's not scary. Agreed. It's, I can agree. It's with a you high on school that. teen drama. It's a high school teen dramedy. That becomes a woman's power fantasy because it's about a girl that gets bullied. It's like Mean Girls, only instead of getting revenge by getting whatever, she literally kills people in one scene. But she's the protagonist, so it's not scary. You want the protagonist to kill people. It's like a reverse horror movie. I think it it probably did more for people in the time in, in which it was created. Rather than being viewed now. I disagree. I think that people have been literally the same uh, throughout time and space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then last night, we were again at a loss uh, for what to watch and um, put on Children of the Corn. That's a, that's a really bad. That's not, <laughs> a, say, that's not the one. Really bad yeah, movie. No, no. So, I, I, so when I said that what matters is what's good to you, I meant everything except that movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because that one's real bad. Unwatchably that's, bad. Yeah, it is. It is. I agree with you, actually. It is un, It is unwatchable. That movie is it, unwatchable. It and Carrie are two quote-unquote classics. 
Mm, I don't think that that movie is considered as classic. They're extremely well-known. Okay, so that that's a different thing. Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie is well-known, and it is considered a classic. Children of the Court is well-known to be a bad movie. Is it really? See, I, I was it not is. aware of this. No, it has always been considered a bad movie. Okay, this is why... I wanted to watch Jennifer's Body because it's the one horror movie I'd ever heard anything about. Yeah, okay. And the io9 writer, again, this was years ago, like two or three mm. years ago or five or eight or whatever, said that it was a good movie, just marketed poorly. So uh, I would love any suggestions for Netflix movies. But the thing is, I didn't want to be scared to death. To, like, the... and, you, and, you, and you're real, real scared. I'm scarable. Right? You're real scared. Like, okay, to give you an example, The Ring and The Grudge destroyed me. Game mm-hmm. over. Like, The Grudge is, just destroyed me. Um, also, the person I was with has seen a lot of films, such as Paranormal Activity, which I actually dated a girl who, did, who slept with the light on for over a year after seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. No joke. Like, that's how scary it was. No, no, that seems totally reasonable. And, and I consider also the three original class, well, the two, the two classics that I've seen, I consider Halloween and Friday the 13th to be quite scary. Uh, Friday the 13th, particularly the kind of jump scare at the end, really, I mean, that just, just that destroyed me when I saw it. The rest of it wasn't bad, really, honestly. I got, I got through the rest of it. Halloween, to me, is the scariest movie that there is. I mean, I'm, yeah, Michael, I'm sure, Michael Myers is pretty awesome. I'm sure you'll you, – I don't know if you'll disagree, but I it just – No, I, it's, I'm not disagreeing that it's – I would I would disagree that it's the scariest movie I've ever seen, but I agree that it is a classic and an awesome movie. I think it's an awesome movie. It's a phenomenal scary movie. Oh, it's great. Like, listener, it's if you're real, with really if you're, really good. If you're with somebody and you want to get real snuggly, Halloween or I, I think especially near the end, the original Friday the thirteenth. I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. That terrified me when I was a child. And not so much. Why now, was I though. why was I watching that when I was four years old? I don't know. Four might be because you because you had an older brother. I think I was seven. I think I was seven or eight. And older brothers exist to just to just horrify us to terrify their younger brothers. No, yeah. actually, that's that's true. Because that happened actually, with yeah. me when I was three with Creature of the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I could totally see your older brothers doing that to you. Oh actually. my god! Well, and they weren't even trying; they just watched it all the time. Creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon. Oh my gosh, the worst. Anyway, uh, Netflix I think has a, a terrible selection of horror movies terrible uh based on the like five that we looked up but i'm just saying i'm not i'm not real happy with it right now they have honestly they have some they have some good ones yeah i'm just probably not aware but i was disappointed that they were missing the few that i'd heard of Mm -hmm. so there's that anyway uh happy october everybody (laughs) clearly it's october here at unqualified gamers you know our friend blake has been doing the video game circuit of 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 games that are relevant to this part of this time of the year, he has already played through some Castlevania games. He played through Symphony of the Night already, because, of course. That's a one-sitting um, game now. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, I believe maybe some Devil May Cry games. I'm not sure. I'm consider So, if this wasn't such a great month for video game releases, I think I mentioned this last week, I would love to play through Lords of Shadow 2, which I've not played yet. But how about you? Do you have any, uh, mm-hmm. any horror movie, any, any Halloween-ish games you pull out? I so I do, um, but this October is such a mess with these with these weddings. I normally my October's a little a little freer, um, so 
like, the game that comes to mind that I would love to start playing every October, which I played last year, was Costume Quest, which is a double fine game that is a role-playing game. Have you heard about this? You, you ever heard about this? You've talked about double fine games several times. Yeah, it's so it's it's a game called Costume Quest. It's a role-playing game. You play a trick-or-treater who's, uh, if I remember right, it was it's your younger brother or your sister that gets kidnapped. And you go out to save them. And you do that by trick-or-treating from house to house. And sometimes there are, like, orcs in the house. And you have to, to kill them. And you equip yourself with different costumes that give your characters different powers in combat. And it's got an active time battle like Super Mario RPG. Very reminiscent of Super Mario RPG. And Costume Quest 2 is actually coming out this year. Really? Yeah, and there's... And it's got... It's super charming. Like, that's its style. It's very charming. Um, to give you, like, an example of the type of humor and stuff you'll see in there, in Costume Quest 2, there's going to be a costume called Candy Corn, and it's literally going to do nothing. <laughs> okay. It's, ju- it's, just going to, it's just going to tell you facts about corn that may or may not be real. Wow. Yeah. Because nobody likes Candy Corn. Uh, you know what? I have gotten an argument about this on the radio show I produce on WGN Radio, Brian Noonan, the Brian Noonan uh-huh. show. Brian, because, because he's like 85 years old, an old man, and probably likes black licorice too. He just turned 50, I think, this year, and he mm-hmm. loves candy corn. So the next time that you're on the show, ask him if he also likes black licorice and if I can change his colostomy bag. Okay, sounds good. But Don't say that. We have we, no. We have argued about it no, on. That's air. a little. That's a little aggressive. But do ask if he likes black licorice because I'm curious. That I am curious about. I'm legitimately curious if he likes black licorice. And this is very interesting because <clears throat> uh, because right now I'm mentioning my radio show on WGN, and last week I mentioned this podcast on WGN because Way we to were, plug us on national radio. I know, right? International, national, inter. International radio. Intergalactic. In fact, fact, if I'm not mistaken, radio waves go out into space. Space. Time and space, actually. Mm -hmm. So we're everywhere. uh, Yeah, we were were talking about um, uh, pet peeve, like, phrases and words that people say to sound intelligent and literally came up. And candy corn? No, literally came up, which, God, I, I wish I knew which episode we got into that. Because you told me it was like in the 30s, episode 30-something, you informed me that the dictionary had changed the meaning of the word literally to mean mm-hmm. nearly or... It, I mean, they changed the... De- Look, well, let's not do it again, but they changed the <laughs> definition of literally to mean figuratively. Yes, basically. What they yeah, but we... we I, I, so I told him that on the air, and I was like, yeah, my co-host John brought that to my attention like a year ago. So anyway, very meta. But uh, Brian loves candy corn. I know there's got to be a market for it because they sell it all over the place. No, there's no market for it. It costs less than, I don't know, half of a penny fewer. to make. Fewer. It costs fewer than half a penny to make. Yeah, and so because it costs less than half a penny to make, they can just throw it as a mixer in all that crap. Like, have you gotten the candy corn peanut combo bag of snacks? No, why would what anyone? Hor- yeah, yeah, it's the worst. Can you imagine a worse combination of, here's here's your candy for Halloween, kids, peanuts and candy corn. Oh. Just, ah. Uh, I would punch so, that person in the face. The way to ruin Halloween. I, yuck. 
when actually the party I went to Saturday with the people in their mid twenties, not nineteen or twenty. Thank you. Uh, I didn't know what to buy at the uh, at the CVS because they they already had spiced cider and and some wine selections. So I ended up I ended up getting a a giant like forty ounce can of, of Mountain Dew because apparently they come with that. Because I knew there'd be boxed wine at the party, and I would want to mix up some wine and do, which which I kind of did. I'll tell you about that in a second. And uh, but I ended up getting I don't really want to know. About I ended up that. getting that a little thing of whiskey because like you got to bring a gift kind of. And I bought a ninety nine thing of candy corn. I walked in, I threw it on the table, and Alicia, the girl hosting the party, she just goes, "I really hate candy corn." And I was like, "Everybody does. Everybody hates it." So anyway, back to back to Shocktober gaming. Sure. Um, yeah. So, Costume Quest is is kind of like, and it's it's uh, about like two to four hours, so you can just play through it in one sitting if you want. Oh, that's awesome. Super, yeah, super charming. So, I'd love to play that. I'm playing Shadows of Mordor still, and I will continue to play that, and it will probably last me all October, unfortunately, because I won't have a ton of time to play games. Um, and it's not exactly a scary game, nor does it fit that aesthetic. But that's my like October game. But if I had my choice. If I had my choice, like if I could pick a couple of games to play through, I would stick to like the Castlevania series for October or something like that. I would also probably venture into the Resident Evil series. Oh, Resident Evil, maybe good maybe maybe a different year. Um, so like, and and survival horror is a genre that I really enjoy, but for some reason, it's not. They're not like the first games that I pick to play when I have a a new game uh, the ability to play a new game and i should really start doing that because i really like them i really do and i have quite a few of them i have not played i have never played a survival horror game i believe you i have watched our friend john from russia play several silent hill and resident evil games mm-hmm. but i've never silent hill is another series i would definitely play the games through again see silent hill i would play through because i understand the storylines are quite quite intense doesn't like Silent Hill three or four have the record for like most depressing ending or something like that, or most depressing? I feel, like, I feel like that's not a measurable record. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. The Castlevania games are good. I I will say if I had a PlayStation four or Xbox one, or no no, PlayStation four. If I had a PlayStation four and a girlfriend, I would replay through The Last of Us. But I will absolutely never, ever play that game alone, ever, mm-hmm. because I scare extraordinarily Cause you, easily. Because yeah, you got very scared of it. I I literally did not play it unless my girlfriend at the time was over in my apartment. Period. Yeah. And I I I I, uh, I gave away the game to one of our to our our favorite listener at the time, uh, who is still a staunch supporter of us who we very much appreciate. Uh, but I, I passed on the game his way because uh, I knew that he was interested in playing it. And uh, so I no longer own it, but I would, I would get the remastered copy because, because good Lord, what a good game. Phenomenal game. But in lieu of that, I will, I will maybe pick up a Castlevania game. I'm not sure. I may download slash buy one on the 3DS eShop because I've got my 3DS mm-hmm. with me. <clears throat> Honestly, you know, you talked about not having much time for games. Uh God, in the last in the last several weeks, I've averaged maybe eight to ten hours of video games a week. And this is keeping in mind that I play video games on the train for about six hours a week. 
So I've yeah, I I mean I agree with you. Like this past, not to get too deep in my work schedule, but because of what I had to get ready for this trip, I had to work twelve hours on Thursday, twelve hours on Friday, nine on Saturday and Sunday, and then seven on Monday and twelve on Tuesday, and we're recording on Wednesday. I, I mean, when I work twelve hours, there's there's no time for anything else. Right? Yeah, so exactly. I've already cut out three of those days out of my out of my week of us before, you know with us recording so we're busy people it's it's part of what happens it's, it's true life. it's wild and, we're, we're, and winter is coming winter is yep. uh is coming soon and hopefully we'll hunker down a bit more uh, i've got so many games but uh but i would, I would agree I, I would go more the castlevania route I, I would say i would actually accept ninja gaiden or ninja gaiden 2 as an acceptable october horror game because Near the end, you fight monsters and they demons. They have werewolves, if I'm not mistaken. They have right? what? They've got werewolves. Uh, I don't know about werewolves, mistaken. but by the end, no, you're, I think you literally go to hell in the last couple chapters of both games. They definitely have werewolves. You're definitely fighting definitely. V- like horrible demon monsters at some point that are that are evil. And the thing about those games are they are so brutally difficult that that puts them in the survivor survival horror genre level of difficulty and challenge and uh, tension. I would, I would argue it's a different kind of tension in that particular circumstance when the game is just very difficult. Certainly, yes, yes. But there is a tension. Right. And because I, think... I like I would say that like Castlevania, there's no it's just theme it's like it thematically. Yes, Castlevania fits with is Halloween. thematic. Survival horror right. is both thematic and difficult tension. And the mm-hmm. Ninja Gaiden I think just fits the tension and a bit of the theme near the end to where i think that it's an acceptable choice ninja gaiden one or two i don't i don't know about three because i never played that game but the first two yeah i think there's quite a few games that you could pick yeah well uh, i'm picking the best ones and i would never play super ghouls and ghosts because that game sucks now what Mm. sorry about you oh it's such a good game Uh, how many people beat that game that game sucks when 0.01 percent of the people Agreed. that have very ever... few people, very few people complete that game. That is a, that's a very good game. That means it's too hard. It's too hard if no one that buys the game can beat. No, it, it was made in a period at a period of time where like games needed to be difficult. No, okay, that's fine. They make it difficult, but games always should be beatable, right? People could complete that game. I could after what? I, gar- I guarantee you could go on YouTube and find a playthrough of that game. Yes, somebody. Just completing it. By the one guy in North Dakota that ever beat that game. Everybody else was hunting bears. Why is he from North Dakota? Doesn't make any sense. I I don't think I could beat that game. And that pisses me off. If you can't beat a game, mm-hmm. if the majority of people that play a game can't beat it, it's too hard. Right? I don't think so. I think so. What is it what is good about that game? The brutal difficulty that's really, really insanely no it's a it's a fun game to play and what is hard. what is fun about it you run and shoot things it's mega man mega man is a fun game and you can beat it throwing it out there no it, it's got there's exploration involved in that game it's it's a pretty good game there's not i can always get to, yeah there is the, the levels are both vertical and horizontal there absolutely is and there are secret chests all over the place that's like saying that a person has studied the Kama Sutra because he can be on top and on bottom. Like at the same time? Nope. I'm making an analogy. It was brilliant. You're welcome. That'll be $10. I don't have any money. 
<laughs> Me neither. So anyway, uh, I wanted to, to kind of transition from that discussion about our October games into a topic you brought up two weeks ago that we never expounded on, and that is comfort games. Yeah, that was on the podcast that I was uh, by myself. Uh, arguably, actually not arguably, just by definition, the best podcast we've ever done. Just definitively the best podcast ever recorded. Right. Yeah, and I did bring that I did bring that up. Um, the, what I was talking about was comfort games, and I... I brought it up because I was, I downloaded Dragon Quest Four for the iPad, which was really the the second Dragon Quest game I was ever exposed to, but the first one that really grabbed me. And we're talking when I was like eight years old, and uh, it was the prize piece of my video game collection when I was a kid because it was rare and I actually owned it for the Nintendo Entertainment System, um, and I downloaded it for the iPad. And, like, before I knew it, I was two chapters in to the game. I had spent, like, eight hours playing the game. And I couldn't believe how much I just fell right into it. And I knew I knew everything about the game. I knew everywhere to go. I knew where all of the chests were. But it still was just fun for me. It brought back this, like, nostalgic, not, like, just good feeling for me. You know, it brought me back to being in my being in my bedroom upstairs in my house in Rockford, sitting on the carpet on a Saturday morning playing video games for like six hours, which I used to do when I was a kid. So it it was just one of those things. And it's the type of game. And I, I also cited m- many of the early Final Fantasy games. It was the type of game for me that like I go back to these games over and over and over and over again. Um, and. Some like sometimes I don't even know if I'm having fun when I'm playing them, <laughs> but I'm I'm enjoying I'm in, like enjoying the time I'm spending with them when I go back to them over and over again, and it's so weird to me too because like I've got all of these other games that I I do want to play, but like there are times where I just want to go back and play like Chrono Trigger again, yeah, and then I do, and I know you talked about uh, you mentioned in your your solo episode that I would likely have several comfort games. And um and for me it's it's not even necessarily so much the game is like that is so there are there are games that I play that I go back to because they're familiar and they're they're relatively easier I've at least gamed the system or or just the kind of thing I can pick up and just like own, you know? Yeah. And and that's that's what I was thinking when you were talking comfort games. But when you put it that way, that is when you talk about like actually really transporting your mindset back to when you were a child or when you were a kid. For me, sitting on the floor, our video game cabinet was had no chair in front of it. I sat on the floor. It was fine. Uh, sat on the floor. We were kids. Of course we sat on the floor. Yeah. Playing in the video game cabinet. You know, for me, for, for that feeling to come back and that nostalgia, th- for me, no game does that better in the, in the universe than Final Fantasy VI. And that is why I am so obsessed with the concerts, all of the video game music concerts and Final Fantasy concerts, because those are what transport me. Because they show footage from the games when they do it. And when I am hearing a live symphony perform the Dream Oath Opera, which is one of the greatest moments in video game history, and I'm seeing that footage up there, that transports me back. And that's why... 
generally at the end of at least one piece in all of these concerts, I am reduced to a sobbing mess because I, I it's so overwhelming to me that unbelievable feeling because it's so concentrated and so live and you hear the crowd get excited and it's like I'm surrounded by people that this is affecting and it's not just me. So that that's why in you always make fun of me for it when we talk about it, but th- that is why I am obsessed with those video game music concerts. And I have to go because that that's what comes out for me. So that's I will not miss a video game concert if it comes to town, unless it's video games live, which I've I've been there, done that. That's fine or whatever. But uh, the ones that really dig into the music, like Dear Friends and More Friends, and uh, hopefully someday I can see play and the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses. That's what that does. But um, yeah, in terms of games, Chrono Trigger really good at that. Uh, Final Fantasy VI really good at that. And then in terms of games I go back to just over and over again, WWF No Mercy. Like, I'm sorry, but it is the greatest wrestling game ever made, period. Except maybe WrestleMania 2000. They're made around the same time, same developer. They were, they were the same game. They're virtually I mean, they were, the same game. They were literally the same game. Literally No Mercy added running grapples, and that's about it. They added, like, two different moves you can do. Yeah. But they're otherwise exactly the same game. For some reason, the internet in general seems to go with WrestleMania 2000 as their favorite. I don't see why, because No Mercy is the same thing, but plus like two features. So I'm a No Mercy guy, but whatever. Take your pick. I have an N64 sitting in the drawer underneath my TV with a controller and No Mercy plugged into it. And there are days I will literally just pull it out, plug that sucker in, and just go for a Royal Rumble, just dominate the competition for a while, and that's it. Like... Everything about that game is satisfying to me. The sound effects, the, everything about it is satisfying. And uh, I read uh, Did You Know Gaming? Did You Know Gaming is – it, there's a Tumblr. There's a YouTube channel. It's a, it's, a, it's a video game trivia site. I saw a Did You Know Gaming factoid that said that developers were working on a remake of No Mercy. And they stopped development because the people playing it said that once they got that game, they would never buy another wrestling game. Because there would be no reason. Because it was that good. Like, it's that satisfying. And I believe yeah. it. I believe I don't know if it's, it's BS or what, but I believe it. So, no mercy I will, is... I will say that when I'm, like... I, I don't... I don't... I guess I don't... Like, when I'm talking about being transported back to those times when I was a kid, it, it doesn't... It's not... Um, it's not like a physical feeling of that like i don't like i don't actually like oh man i remember being in my room playing this game and this particular boss and the first time i beat it and stuff it's not like that it's just like it's a it's like a it's like an easy nostalgia it's just kind of it's just kind of in the back of my mind it's almost like it's it's subconscious the type of nostalgia i'm talking about okay um like you your sounds a little more active your sounds like you you're able to acknowledge it a little more just just, me, just the music concerts just right. just the concerts and for me it's not something i acknowledge until after the fact like i think about it later and i'm like man like uh, this was this was a game that i played a lot when i was a kid and you know after i got done with my marathon ma- gaming session with dragon quest 4 i was like gosh that just totally reminded me of when i played through this game for the first time when i was a kid on the, you know the floor of my of my bedroom so for me, it's it's again, it's much more like passive. It's much more it's 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 in the back of my head when I'm doing it. Sure, yeah, and I, I would say that's me and No Mercy I, a little bit um, more so. Secret of Mana, that game, 
Because I played that game with you growing up. Yeah, we did. We played that game quite a bit. I mean, that game, I think, is probably the, the, the number one comfort. But I don't go back to it. That, that's the interesting thing, you know? Like, there are these games that I could go back to, and they, they would give me a certain feeling, but I, I don't go back to them. I just don't see that being the same, though, without playing it with another person. I mean, the thing, the reason why that game was, was so great uh, for us was because that, you know, that was... That was like the first time that we had this long, we'd always been in role-playing games, and it was the first time that we had had this long role-playing game experience that we could enjoy together, right? Yeah. Like, as a multiplayer experience, which they, they, didn't, they didn't have those. True. Like, up until that point. So it was a totally, a totally new thing. It was, it was awesome. So then we're talking about a couple different things. We've skipped around a little bit in terms of yeah. what... You mean by comfort game, really? Yeah, I guess. I guess ultimately, what I what I really just meant was something that you find yourself returning to over and over again in lieu of other other games that you may not have played before. Instead of playing new games, yep. Okay, exactly, I understand. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, then... I, there these games don't have to be old and nostalgic. Diablo three to me is a comfort game. The, I will. I will be in my transition period like i will finish shadow of mordor and the prospect of starting a new game is oftentimes daunting at least to me uh mostly because of the time commitment i know i'm going to have to spend to play through an entire game but diablo 3 is such a familiar thing to me now because i've played it for so often that i will easily just jump back in there for a couple a couple nights over the next few weeks after that and just play 45 minutes to an hour of that so I think that comfort games don't have to be a it doesn't have to be a nostalgia thing. Uh, then in that case, I uh, no mercy really is my main comfort game. It really is the thing you just bust out every once in a while. That's the yeah. one. I mean, I I don't. Oh oh well, da, 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 da. Star Fox sixty four. I could I can Good to, Lord, I can totally Star Fox sixty four. Oh my god! In college, yeah. in college. I had friends and in their suite in their four person dorm room, we played that game three times a day or more. I mean, I was it was unreal how much we played that game. God. Yeah, that that's it, you know? Like when I bust out a, when I bust out like a Super Nintendo or an NES game, there aren't a lot of games I just kind of pick up and play. I don't return to the games of my childhood nearly as much as i used to like even even a fraction as much as i used and to. that's probably just a product of of a decreased amount of time don't you think i, I think mean, yeah i think but the, the, but the one that i am compelled to pull out is no mercy like i will be in my living room and i will just pull it out and just boom go into no mercy but i i never you know i have my original xbox here i never plug that in ever i don't even know why i still have it really my 360, I've turned that on a couple times, looked at uh, a couple games. A rock band, I guess, occasionally. I think rock that band. absolutely fits that particular mold. Especially, rock band, absolutely. Yeah, especially when you've got friends over. I mean, it's like it's a it's a party game. And I, you don't even have to have friends over. It's something sometimes you just want to veg out and strum on the old guitar, you know? I bust, I bust it out more when I'm alone. And yeah. it's if I hear something when I'm out. If I hear 
you know, if I hear certain songs, if I hear Round and Round by Rat, or if I hear Greengrass and High Tides come like, on I, Pandora. I've got to go home and play Round and Round by Rat, because it's a great song. Agree- oh, dude, I love that song. Uh, Greengrass and High Tides, you know, um, or the, even the Dream Theater song, Panic Attack. Yeah. Like, I, I love playing. I love that one from Rock Band 2. Um, so Rock Band is definitely a comfort game. Um, I never really pull out my PlayStation anymore, or my... I never had a PlayStation 2. My, my PlayStation 3, I don't really turn on and bust out a game to play. Uh, you know, occasionally Symphony of the Night, if I have a comfort game I want to play for a long time. But, yeah. So I would say No Mercy, Star Fox 64, Rock Band, occasionally Symphony of the Night. Yeah. If I got some extra time. When I was, when I was you know, from the, from the age of, like, maybe 19 to 20 five or something a large chunk of my of of my childhood i basically missed missed 85 percent of the games in that area of time because i was playing world of warcraft so much and that was absolutely a comfort game for me right because i would i would play that game eight hours a day sometimes because i I had so little responsibility i played it for eight hours a day five days a week yeah you know if that's what if not more than that honestly so like that for sure was a comfort game for me and is definitely a comfort game for a lot of people in fact there are people that don't even consider themselves video gamers they don't even consider themselves into video games because the only game that they play is world of warcraft yeah it's pretty intense yeah so that was that was definitely in that vein for me as well yeah can't think of any more off the top of my head but it was still a nice little discussion we had there. Yeah, no, it's an it's an it's an important point that they, like it. I wasn't necessarily approaching it, and it, it ended up kind of going in that direction from the idea of of just pure nostalgia. It's the the idea for me was more just like something that you are so familiar with that when you are in that transition period, if you are that type of gamer that that games that way, that it's the type of game you just will return to again. And again, yeah. and again, and again, you know. And even when you're not in a transition, even if you've got a brand new game to play, or dozens, because you have Steam. Yeah, or you could be in the middle of a game, and you're like, I really want to go grind some bounties in Diablo 3, because you've heard Yeah, sometimes you have a craving. Yeah. And and in in and you know I, I and I don't get the craving so much for for Star Fox sixty four anymore. Uh, you know, Rock Band is an occasional thing. I, I am get I'm really getting what you're saying now. It's a once every four to for me. It's a once every. I don't have any regular comfort games. I don't have any like every couple weeks I'll bust this out or every whatever. My comfort games are much more spaced out. So it's every three to four to six months, even sometimes longer. Uh, I will just need to play this game, or or just like have this urge to just be like I really need to get back to this. And that is very much Rock Band, and that is very much. Um, What's the other game I said besides Star Fox and uh, No Mercy? Uh, rock Band. You said Rock Band, Star Fox, and No Mercy. Those were pretty much the, the main ones. That was it. Yeah. Then the ones that I consistently go go to every few months are, are Rock Band, for sure, and Civilization. And that's, a, that's another great one, because like even though the game has legs and you put hours and hours and hours into it, the games are self-contained, right? Like you, you start a game and you play it through a, through its completion, and the game has an end point, and then to play the game again, you start a new game. Yeah. So it to- it totally fits that that same bill. 
absolutely. What got you thinking about all this stuff? Just I think I was making conversation. I was making conversation, and it it was it was I was at that transition point. I was ready for something new to play, but it was the Dragon Quest. It was the Dragon Quest download that that got me thinking about it because I just I downloaded it on a whim because I was you know I was I was watching Max one day and like he was napping and so I had a half an hour and like I didn't want to start something new in a half an hour and Dragon Quest Four had just come out on iOS and like my right. my iPad was next to me and it was just totally a a a, a purchase of opportunity. Because like that's what that's what I had next to me. I was sitting there with Max sleeping, and so I down you know I downloaded it, and then I just started playing it, and then I just kept playing it, and I like played it the next day, and I played it the next day too, and so that's kind of what got me thinking about it. It's like I was just thinking to myself, how how with like all of this other stuff out there that I have that I haven't played before is this just like something I I'm doing, like my limited amount of time I have to play video games. Why am I investing it in this and I, I didn't, I, I wouldn't change that. Like I would have, I would s- stick with that. Cause I had a lot of fun doing it. And you know, it's going to be fun. You know exactly what to expect. I guess maybe that's part of it too, is maybe that the expect like you, you do have, you don't have the ability to be disappointed with a game that you know everything about. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that was a fascinating discussion about Halloween and horror games and comfort games and all those things. Um, I I have not delved much further into Hyrule Warriors. I, I will say the difficulty is has has ramped up ever so slightly to where it's it's no longer a, a total pushover, which is nice. But I've only put a couple extra hours into it, and uh, I'm still playing Smash Brothers 3DS, which I'm still loving so much. Um, but I, I you know I don't have much to say about either of those that I did not say last week. Um, is there anything uh, you'd like to bring up at this juncture? Again, the only uh, the only game I've been playing has been Shadow of Mordor, um, and the occasional League of Legend match still. And Shadow of Mordor, I, I do still like it, but it's just, it does have some issues as as most games do, right? It definitely does have some issues. And another issue I'm finding with the game is that it it for as as like interesting and deep as this nemesis system that I've talked about is um it it is definitely the first iteration of the nemesis system because there's some wonky stuff that can happen when you are on a mission that makes it impossible to complete the mission because these you know the pool of war chiefs that this nemesis system draws from is about 25 large and again, the world map is not that large in this game, which I talked about on the, on the last podcast. And there will be times where I'm on a mission, and it doesn't even have to be one of like the kill the work the main war chief mission. It could just be like a regular mission. There will be times where I'm on the mission, and I will get accosted by one of the head war chiefs and like six other chieftains. And each one of these orcs is like a mini boss in him in itself. That takes a significant amount of of power to defeat and technique, and like if you get if you get I would argue, I would argue probably if you get three or more that are of a decent power level, like you don't have a chance to win. And there have been times where I have I have literally been accosted by like six or seven of them. So 
I, it's a no-win situation, and I suppose I need to get better. I need to get better at disengaging, which is something that like I don't do at all in this game, um, because the majority of the time you're just slaughtering hordes of orcs, right? If you're playing the game well, and so like the like they, they don't teach you to disengage, but I think that's probably just something I have to get used to doing when I get into a situation like that. But I just think that there are some maybe some unfair difficulty spikes in it. That it doesn't really prepare you for. That makes sense. That last sentence you said made sense to me. Actually, all of what I said, I think probably probably makes sense to to most people other than you. Well, I mean, you've talked about the nemesis system before, but I have not listened to a word that you've said. You so. don't have any idea what it is, do you? It's uh, it's um, the third Resident Evil game, right? Is incorporated into Shadow of Mordor. Is that right? Resident Evil One, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil. Yeah, that's that's right. I think. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I don't know why I do this. Like, I don't know why I subject myself to this every week. Well, I beat classic mode of Smash Brothers 3DS on the most hardest difficulty. So there you are. So you're done. The game's guess, the game is over. You can shelf it for good. Guess with whom character I did this? Marth. Nope. Olimar. No. Bowser. No, real guesses. Olmer doesn't count. I know Bowser was a real guess. But Bowser that, was a so real we'll guess. Say at, Bowser was we'll a real guess. At, we'll say you're at two. You got five guesses. All right, so you guessed Bowser and uh, Marth. Uh, wait, Luigi. No. Peach. No, I don't do Peach. You Sheik. got one more guess. Sheik. No. What, when have I ever played a Sheik? Oh, no, Zelda. You liked, oh, you liked, always like Zelda. Zelda. Yes, but not Zelda. Uh, Mega Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I actually could not beat uh, Classic on... The, the, it's the final boss. Is a, it's a bit of a beast depending on uh, how, you know... Oh, oh how good you... I mean, you, you, you could have just been, like, better. Like, you could have just tried to... Yeah, sure. You could have so just tried that. to be anyway, better at the... I got to the final boss on... I can get to the final boss on, on level 9 difficulty with any character that I've played. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to the final boss as, like, Captain Falcon, as Marth, as... A sheik as zero suit Samus as the frog guy. What the hell's his name? The the Greninja, Greninja. or whatever. Uh, Ness. I mean, like you name it. Like I got to the final boss with a lot of guys, but no dice. But Mega Man, I somehow pulled it out. So there you go. All, pulled it it's out. Always good. To, it's always good to pull out. Yep. So there's that. Always good. But uh, it's fun. It's fun. There's definitely some character rebalancing in this game that's uh, very interesting. We posted a link on our Google Plus page to a Mashable article with some pro Smash players' initial opinions of the game. Seems that Bowser is actually firmly ensconced in the top tier of characters, which is nice for me because I've always been a Bowser player, so mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. He's just so um, big. He has to be Correct. Good. He's so big. But, ov- but overall, the, there is a, a pretty decent consensus that this is a much more well-balanced game. And that they're saying that while while there are still kind of some top tiers, the tiers of of characters are not – there's not a huge disparate amount. So a, a third or even fourth tier character could win a tournament if a person is good enough with them. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. Good on Nintendo for – Yeah, now, now the question is, is, is Nintendo going to cater to that crowd, right? Like allow them to have tournaments, etc. Well, just cater to them in general. Like, like Capcom specifically made, like they are on record talking about how they they made Street Fighter to be a a 
event-worthy fighting game with the way that they balanced it. Sure. Right? The like League of Legends balances characters in a way to make them for professional type play. We'll see if Nintendo chooses to go that route. They don't have to. There's no reason why they why they need to. They don't get anything extra out of it. We'll just see if they choose to go that way. No, that's true. Um yeah, obviously. They've, they've on... always talked about Smash as something where like they didn't care if it was that or not. They like they thought it was cool that people did it, but they didn't make the game with that intention. Absolutely. I I, I mean I I would presume based on the addition of uh For Glory, for glory and mode. you know, For Glory or whatever, uh th- which is the mode where there's no items. And it's like you can of... only pick Fox. Yeah, pretty much. And it's on, uh, more straightforward. And it's on Final Destination. Yeah, Fox is no longer top tier, thankfully, so that trope is going to die, but that's whatever. But, uh, yeah, it. Um, I, I think you know, there's a catering degree for sure, just based on the, the focus on balance and removing some of the more random elements that people complained about in Brawl, like tripping. So I, I know some of it's there. You know, you're right. We'll see to the extent or whatever, but I don't know. I'm having fun with it either way. Looking forward to the Wii U version release as well. So there's that. But uh, that's it. So not a whole lot of new stuff, but hopefully, listener, you enjoyed this episode of us kind of ranting about Halloween a little bit, talking about horror movies, you know, horror games. Uh, I'll be bringing my 3DS, but I don't really have anything to play. Maybe I'll pick something up, but I'll be bringing my 3DS on the trip because I'm going to be on a road trip, so why wouldn't I? You can play Bravely Default. Got so little desire to do that. I really How about Bravely, uh, Bravely Smash Brothers 3DS? Bravely Smash That might be a good one to play. The menu music, dude, is so good. Have you heard it? It's so good. Mm-hmm. No, that sounds like some menu music. Dude, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so epic. Do you hear it? Mm, hang on. N- no. No.